Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. In today's world, chaos is the only certainty. Over the last several years, we have witnessed the impossible occur in global events. The need for families and individuals to not only survive, but to thrive is now greater than ever. Experts the world over have emphasized the importance of generating additional forms of income. In the technologically advanced world we live in today, what if there was a way that we can use technology-powered AI where we can have algorithms do the work for you? Well, thanks to Algo Factory, that is exactly what we did. We teach you not only to leverage the market and carve out profits in the chaos, but we show you how to have a better quality of life by creating your own custom algorithm that trades on your behalf 24 hours a day, seven days a week. All the while, you can continue with your day-to-day -day responsibilities, checking in when needed on your trades that is working for you. Many clients of Algo Factory have been able to fund their savings, go on dream vacations, and even quit their nine to five jobs. They have created more time for themselves and more time for their families, all through the power of advanced AI and their personal custom algorithm, Algo Factory. Trade your job, upgrade your life. All right, do we lose your V? I think we lost V. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm here. I, I, my, my, uh, what the heck did I do? I don't know what you did. Folks, it's markets and mayhem. It's the gorilla. It's the cowboy. We're the thriller, and we're not from Manila. You're hearing us live right here on roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rogue News Events and every single podcasting app, Note Humanity, YouTube, Rumble. We're everywhere you want us to be, plus a bag of chips. We're even on Spotify. You can't miss us anywhere, and that's no lie. And we don't get high except on our own market data analysis I, I i'm just feeling fast and loose bro that's what it is it is what it is no doubt anyway folks our uh this broadcast is brought to you by algo factory 
Algo Factory, trade your job, upgrade your life. Trade your job, upgrade your life. It is the place for you to learn how to develop algorithms. Dude, honestly, Cowboy and I are in there. We have a great community. We have a lot of fun in the classes. It's amazing. People love it. People are doing amazing things. Make a positive impact in your bottom line. Join algofactory.tech. Algofactory.tech. Get started over there. And also, folks, show your support. Show your love for the one and only uh, Rogue by getting yourself getting yourself this wonderful FJ Balloons. FJ Balloons. Get FJ Balloons. Great way to fund the project. It uh, is linked to Ethereum, so you're not just getting something that's valueless. It's actually going to go up in value as the price of Ethereum climbs. And also sets you up to receive the the Rogue News uh, Web 3 uh, site that's going to be launched very soon. And that... Is going to be um, that site is going to give you um, NFTs weekly with uh, headlines and everything in the back. It's going to be pretty awesome. I'm excited for it. So check that out. With that being said, Cowboy, what's going on, bro? Oh, dude, we just uh, got a comment on there from Greeny, and he says he's going to be part of the Algo Factory family soon. So we're really stoked to have you in there, bro. Yeah, man, welcome aboard. It's it, it's it's going to be some of the best schooling you have. We say we have a, a saying in Algo Factory. And that saying is you learn through immersion. You learn through immersion. It's so immersive. It's uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. And, you know, Cowboy and I, are, and I are there every day from 8.30 a.m. to 10 a.m. We're there Monday through Friday. And then in the live lab, I mean, in the live lab, we're there 20, like pretty much 24-7. We're always looking at it. We're always answering questions. The live lab is our our telegram channel which uh, members have exclusive access to and every thursday there's always some juicy tidbits that i'm dripping out over there that i do not even mention anywhere not even on road so check it out algofactory.tech with that being said cowboy let's get into it bro Oh yeah, actually, uh, real quick on this business of, of you know talking about things we don't even mention on Rogue. Uh, this morning, look, a couple days ago, one of the members in there asked me to chart Pepe coin, and I'm like, that's a meme coin, it's trash. Well, those statements might be true. However, the gorilla said actually, and according to some of the higher up institutional types, there is a play with those, and there's a play, uh, and that play was basically revealed inside the Algo Factory private group um and a lot of other things that are just simply not said on these shows because there's it's we can't put it's it out to such a big safe. crowd it's not safe for large large consumptions large consumption yeah it's nothing's illegal no inside info none of that but just it's too it's too privileged if you will not legally privileged but kind of in another way um the other uh thing that to know is that the algo factory youtube i believe the uh if it's not in the description now the link will be in there soon and if you just look for Algo Factory and you look for the logo, it's pretty easy on YouTube. And uh, we do a free, available to everybody, beginner course every day starting at 8.30 EST. So Absolutely. if you want to get the basics, if you want to learn from a basic standpoint what's going on, we're doing it every single day. V's on there. I'm on there. It's free on YouTube. You can ask questions. You can uh, you know talk with us. Our, um, our paid group in the Telegram, they get priority. So their questions get answered first. Um, we may open it up to super chats later, but that's a whole nother story. Yep. Um, so there's a lot going on. There's enough going on to where I don't even have like my funny videos today. Yeah, there's a lot going is, on. 
The Lodge guy says, uh, don't let Green fool you. He's really looking for crusty crab lessons. What Bill is talking about, for those that don't know, I was an exotic dancer at this place called the Krusty Crab back in my college years, cowboy. I think I kinda... And did you dress like Krusty the Clown? I did. No, 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 no. Krusty the Crab from like, you know, SpongeBob SquarePants. Oh, I thought you were Krusty the Clown. You went on stage and you're like, ah! That's pretty good. That's pretty good impersonation. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That sounds scary. It's terrifying. That's, that's what he does when he's exasperated. He goes like, oh. <laughs> so, so Bill is talking about that, and he's talking about, uh, yes, yes, uh, yes. I had I used to dance, and uh, and my sea cucumber was all out, man. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm just joking. That was oh, no. not any of these things. Yeah, I'll tell you a funny story, right? I'll tell you a funny story. You're taking it too far. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I never was no exotic then. But I, I will tell you a funny story. So I was working when I was uh, you know, working my way through college. I was a personal trainer. And uh, and so and then I also, you know, moonlighted as, uh, you know, in, in, in like a vitamin store. Right. And uh, in a vitamin store. Um, um, you you know being in New York, you have all sorts of people coming through and whatnot, and and you have a lot of uh, uh, let's put it this way, desperate housewives that that go through there, you know. And uh, so there was one lady, <laughs> she was, she's like, she sees me, she says, "Wait, I know you." I'm like, I'm, I'm like, uh, you do? And, and she's like, "Yeah, I know you." And uh, she's like, "You're at Becky's party." I was like, no, ma'am, you have the you have the wrong individual. No, 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 that's you. You're that exotic dancer. I was like, no, I am not the exotic dancer. Not at all. Not at all. And I'm like, good God, <laughs> was that that was funny, bro. And it's hilarious because yeah, because here's how it was when I was um working as a personal trainer in New York sports clubs, right? And and uh, it was funny because um all the trainers and I, we'd have this bet. So you'd have this housewife come in. She'll get, you know, we'll put her through the rigmarole, get her, you know, just dropping body fat, putting on some muscle. She's looking good. And then we have a bet. I'm like, all right, guys, here's the deal. In six months, she's going to drop weight. And then she drops weight. And I'm like, all right. And three months from now, she's going to get a boob job. She gets a boob job. I'm like, four months, she's going to get a divorce from her husband. Four months later, divorce from her husband. I'm like, in three months, she's going to ask one of us out on a date. Watch what happens. And sure enough, <laughs> that's exactly what happened. They either ask us out for a date. One of my uh, trainer buddies' name is Rob. Uh, Rob was <laughs> one of the clients, clients like, do you want to go on a cruise with me? A cruise? Like, Dear God. And Rob's like, no, no, I'm good. I have a girlfriend this whole, whole nine yards. It's the craziest thing, man. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. Crazy times, crazy times. Anyway, let's uh, let's get into it, bro. All right. Well, I think we want to. I was just reading a pretty funny comment here uh, with Gilbert here. Oh, what's Gilbert Emphasis matters. On? All right, you can check that out. It's a funny business. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, as Ronan Return says, V uh, pops out of a cake, confetti rains down. All right, yes. that's a lot of visual right there. Yes, a lot of visual. Back when um, I was lean, mean in my twenties. Yeah, dude. Oh, God, I, need I was looking in, like man. Mr. Olympia. Conan, what is best in life? Dude, everything hurts. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be 44 very soon, bro. Yeah, I'm I'm just a few months after you, dude. Yeah, we're like the same age. They're the same age, same year. 
I, I remember when I turned 35 and I got up out of bed and I'm like, wow, why does my joints hurt? And there it is. <laughs> and that's how so it get, started. Now, at our, at our age, we have to know what's best in life. And you know the answer to this, right? Yes. Crush your enemies. See them driven before you and to hear the lamentations of the women. Your, your, Arnold, your Arnold impersonation has really fallen off. I'm disappointed. Well, it's because I'm not screaming and yelling. I'm not like in the middle of the, you know, total recall. I can only do my Arnold is uh, better when it's good. yelling. Uh, okay, gotcha. So you cannot yeah, really actually talk like him. Well, it, it, uh, I have to watch like several movies and I have to take a little bit more time. And once I've watched a few movies, then I get a little bit used talking like Arnold. It yeah. takes a little time, you know. Yeah, so it's it's it, I ha- I really gotta do this study for the actual talking, but man, you want Arnold screaming in pain? Can you kill me? Come on! What are you waiting for? That's right, Predator. <laughs> That's yeah. really good. Speaking yeah, of screaming in pain, getting older. I'm getting older. Oh yeah, know, and I'm like, okay, should I do? Like, there's a lot of talk. A lot of guys are on TRT and all this other stuff, and I'm like, nah, I don't want to do it because then you're you don't dependent go that on that. Nah, because the whole thing is then you become dependent on exogenous hormones right and uh and you then you shut down your body's natural production and uh i'm doing some research into peptides right and peptides are are a safe effective way of 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 raising it and there's some effective peptides out i got to do more research i'm just you got to they have to do more research on peptides it's a new tech it's like maybe five years old yeah yeah that's absolutely right you know but in the meantime just intermittent fasting, cardio, lifting weights when I can. That's about it, dude. Yeah, and peptides then... is basically like uh, when you're taking hormones, obviously that shuts down your natural process. But a peptide, if I understand it properly, and I'm not a doctor, um, I think it has to do with the result of the hormones. So the message that gets sent to that part of your body is going to be sent via peptides. And I think the hormones activate that message. So the peptides kind of skip the introduction of hormones, exogenous hormones. Um, You know, I I do, my cousin does have uh, a hookup on that. That's like not illegal or anything like that. Um, It's also not cheap. And it's uh, also, we need to talk to him very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. We could have a conversation. Yes. To be, to be fantastic. Yes. It would be very good. Yeah. That's the whole thing. You had had enough, um, you know, like there's so much chemicals in the air, food, the water. uh, You're constantly being bombarded by crap. Constantly. You got things being sprayed on you from the atmosphere. And it goes for men and women, you know, together. You know, another thing I'm doing research on, and and sorry for the whole health topic, folks, but it is a a topic that always fascinates me. It's important. NMN. Have you heard of NMN? It's this rapper. It's a white dude. Not MNM. Oh. <laughs> it's N-M-N? A, it's N-M-N. Okay. You heard of it? Lay, lay it on us. I'd never heard of it. Okay. So, what is N-M-N? And, dude, here's the thing. This is what got neuromuscular, me. Neuromuscular. Neuromuscular. Uh, no. Oh, okay. No. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna show you. This is why, and the FDA is like going like gangbusters, uh, trying to ban it because they got the 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 Gary Gensler version is in the FDA as well. You're like, it's a drug, it's a drug, ah, it's oh, a God. drug. 
So I'm going to show you what NMM and 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 I'll tell you something real quick on this health topic. If you're going to be somebody who works with their brain, especially, um, you need to make sure your your body, your diet, your sleep, everything's on point. Yep. Um, so Trading that's that. Fun. We actually had this conversation in the in the live lab too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, seriously, we have like health discussions and sleep because you want to be a good trader. You want to be good at what the hell you do. You gotta. You, your mind's got to be sharp. So NMN, NMN, say that fast a couple of times. Jesus Christ. Okay, so what it is, okay, it is showing a lot of promise in increasing cellular telomeres. And this is what ah. it is. It's nicotinamide adenine dinucleotide, okay? or And NMN increases that. And what it does, it increases cellular energy. It basically, it's like a, a, um, a it reverses aging. It's really good. And uh, yes, yes. There you go, Greeny. Yeah, they started to ban that on Amazon. It's getting harder and harder to get. They did test this on special forces. Uh, if you're going to get this, you want to get it with uh, berberine, right? And because berberine helps the uh, absorption, excuse me, absorption. And this is from the NIH.gov website, dude, right? Stable, reliable, anti. The, the results are shocking. The results are shocking on this. So I got a few bottles of that. Check it out, especially with keeping your DNA intact, reversing aging, and you know, keeping looking um, good is is the key, man. It's the absolute key. So N M N M N, not M and M, but N N N M N. Jeez, I can't say. N M N has been able to, and this is right off the uh, off the interwebs. Uh, NMN has been able to re- to suppress age-associated weight gain, enhance energy metabolism and physical activity, improve insulin sensitivity, improve eye function. Basically, yeah, all those things you talked about. Um, one thing about telomeres is that I think they've used certain tech before to kind of keep the telomeres from breaking down. And as telomeres break down, apparently that's the basically the aging process, right? Um, however, if the telomeres don't break down, one thing you actually get can be cancer because the cells continue to actually uh, divide and divide before they die. There's no, uh, I think the word is apoptosis. Um, so in a sense, you, you know, it's, it's a game where if you're going to do something where you're kind of keeping the same cellular line alive, not allowing it to cycle through, um, you want to also make sure that the rest of what you're doing is super, super healthy because you can stay alive forever, but then you get cancer. Yeah, exactly. So, so you want to make sure that you, you got that apoptosis going, you know, the best way to get that apop. Yeah, apoptosis. Fasting. What's fasting that? Oh, fasting. Yes, man. that's true. Yeah, it's uh, basically there's there's two words. One of them is apoptosis, and the other one sounds like it. One of them is the cellular death, and the other one is the body cleaning out those dead cells. Um, so you know, and replacing it with new healthy cells. So, and uh, again, I'm not a doctor. I just have these things in the back of my mind a lot of time. My wife is a, a nutritionist, licensed, like, kind of like uh, you are too. So I I just hear this stuff all day. And I'm obsessed with health as well. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, so that's the health aspect. And, yeah, if you want to be a trader, if you want to be in finance, you really got to have your mind right. And yep. you got that and to get your mind right, you got to get your body right because it's all the same thing, right? That is correct. Yeah. So I think today's theme for the uh, for the markets, I want it to be like, okay, we're going to look at a news article and we're going to guess narrative or data, right? Sure. What's up, Hobo? Uh, yeah, dude, Hobo's got, he actually uh, sent to me early 
Hobo sent one of his songs and it's one of my favorite songs from him, but he had it produced with all the instruments and backup nice. vocals. It's really good, dude. We got to send it. Hobo. We'll play it. Yeah, we'll play it. We'll Just get, don't hit we me with a copyright Ho- strike. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Why should we get Hobo on the show and talk about we it? Should. Hey, I want to talk to you Hobo about, uh, about the recent elections in, uh, in Thailand, man. Yeah. Then I guess we should have a Hobo show. We had one a few months ago. It was really good. A, hobo. You need to come back. You need to come out more often, man. I don't know what's yeah. up with so uh but yeah that's that's hobo we gotta have him on um so yeah today's theme is gonna be um it's going to be narrative or data narrative or data. right and there's also in between it doesn't have to be black or white because you know uh the finance world is non-binary it's intersectional <laughs> yes it's intersexual give me the intersexual give me those uh give me those esg points baby Mm-hmm. ESG points. Yes. And before we get into that content, I am going to talk about that ESG um, discussion. And let me tell you, uh, let's see if I can find the damn article. Jesus. Oh, here it is right here. It's the first article I got up. The gorilla has been talking about this for I don't know how long, has been talking about the demise of ESG, has been talking about the move away from ESG. And before anybody, been... everybody else is telling you, hey, we're doomed. ESG, you know me. Go ahead, buddy. Oh, no, yeah. So everybody's all, you know, I, I got guys like, oh, yeah, it's a great investment. They're going to push money towards it. I'm like, dude, you are behind the curve. And everybody's behind the curve. So, except for certain simian minions and those of us who have cowboy hats, we tend to be ahead of the curve. Um, so, here is a great article. And to put this really simply, um, it's, uh, eh, Forbes and more, see Forbes and more. I think they kind of headed this up, but basically there was a an analysis from the Committee to Unleash Prosperity, which is founded in 2015 by Forbes, Art Laffer, Steve Moore, and Phil Kirpin. And I only know really who Steve Moore and uh, Forbes are. Um, but basically what they're doing is they're, they're rating companies on many, many metrics, one of them being whether or not they are investing in ESG. And what they're saying here is that... Um, like they're not happy. They're, they're saying the ESG investment is not good for profits, right? Not good for prosperity. One example, shareholders propose that Costco adopt short, medium, and long-term science, science-based science, science. science-based greenhouse gas emissions reduction targets, inclusive of emissions from its full value chain, scope one, two, three, in order to achieve net zero emissions by 2050. In a Tuesday op-ed, Forbes and more asked, what does this have to do with selling groceries? I love simple answers and simple questions, don't you? So great. What does this have to do with selling groceries? Jackass. All right. So basically what they did was out of 40 of the largest money managers, only four earned an A by voting against nearly all ESG offerings. In order from highest score first, they were Dimensional Fund uh, Advisors, Vanguard, T. Rowe Price, and Fidelity. All right. Now, there's going to be a very surprising name in that list of those voting against ESG offerings, a very surprising name. Okay. So the world's largest money manager, BlackRock scored a C state street got a D. So BlackRock should be an F and state street should be an F, but it looks like they are moving up the chain. So here we are. You got the less list here, dimensional Vanguard to price fidelity, right? BlackRock is next down though. Very surprising that BlackRock is evidently voting against these things. JP Morgan to follow, which I figured Morgan to be ahead of them. Goldman Sachs, a D, actually. So that's rather interesting. It seems like the, the and I'm going to put it this way. 
BlackRock probably got balls deep into this stuff. And so now they're having to vote heavier to get out of it. And I'm going to guess that Sachs and Morgan didn't go balls deep, so they don't have to make as many votes. That So I think that's a metric that's probably not being reflected in these scores. What do you think of that, V? What was the last thing you said? Well, um, we got here as far as, okay, so the, the, the companies that have the highest grade and the highest score are those who are voting against ESG measures, right? Mm-hmm. So BlackRock got a higher score than Morgan and, and, uh, and Sachs and Mellon mm-hmm. and State Street. And you think mm-hmm. that they would have a lower score because mm-hmm. BlackRock is ESG friendly. My right. take on that is that BlackRock went balls deep in ESG. So the amount of votes that they have to take to stay away from it means that a lot more votes are happening that relate to ESG. Right. So the the numbers might be a little confusing. So like just say Sachs probably doesn't have that many votes for ESG because they're not interested in the first place. So Correct. Goldman Sachs doesn't have a chance to vote against it as often. So that's why these numbers might be a little bit skewed and make BlackRock look like they're more anti-ESG than Goldman Sachs. The thing is, it's more of a uh, it's more of a situational deal. Either way, um, the companies to avoid are going to be BNP uh, Paribas, mm-hmm. uh, store brand asset management, Northern Trust, Swiss Canto, Deutsche Bank, Invesco, First Trust, Guggenheim, Pro, Guggenheim, of course, Profund Advisors, American Century, MF, MFS, UBS, and on up the list. <clears throat> so, you know, Schwab, not looking so good. Um, so it's pretty interesting. Um, you have this, uh, this basically, you got some real pretty, pretty smart guys in the investment group, and they are saying ESG, bad. Okay, and they, they scored a bunch of people. So um, now we're going to go into... Data or narrative? Walmart beats across the board. Okay, now I'm going to, this data or narrative game is going to be in relation to uh, forecasting the economy and the markets, right? That's the specific subject on which this data versus narrative game is going to be played. So uh, the message being kind of looked at right now is, is the market go up or the market going to go down, right? And we're going to look at which one of these stories is data or narrative. Now, Walmart, Beats across the board, boosts guidance, but warns of spending softness as quarter progress. Um, this one's, I, in my opinion, not as easy of a call. But uh, V, do you want to take a guess? And I'm only going to give my opinion. Doesn't mean I'm right or wrong. But what do you think? You think this is data or narrative? As as narrative, man. It's. I think it's a bit of both. Mm-hmm. Um, so Walmart is a defensive stock. Mm. tends to be a defensive stock. So people, when the economy goes bad, people shop at Walmart Oh yeah, because it's cheap. So it would look like a narrative. It would certainly look like a narrative because it's a very optimistic article about Walmart. And in the current, um, and we're going to give you a clue as to how to play this game, in the current environment, an optimistic article is probably going to be narrative. So it's easy for somebody to look at this being so optimistic, saying, hey, this is probably narrative. However, Walmart is the reverse. Walmart is a defensive stock. So when the market is about to go down, which we think it has a chance of doing, and so does Elon Musk apparently with his tweet that says, uh, I think he said economic enema is imminent. <laughs> um, he's, he's not stupid. Um, so uh, yeah, so Walmart beats. And that's based on, there's a lot of actual data in here. You got revenue, adjusted EPS. Now these numbers can be fudged. Um, but at a certain point, like e-commerce sales, that's going to be publicly looked at. Um, you know, you got a change in Sam's club, gross profit rate. I mean, these are some pretty detailed numbers. Um, so I think I relatively, relatively trust this article as data. Um, here's one stocks and bonds tumble on comment by fed speakers. 
Well, okay. That one tells you what it is right on the title. It is narrative. So what's happening is the Fed speakers knocked the market down. Then they did that because the market, well, I don't know why, but the market was going up and they went ahead and knocked it down just by speaking a few words, right? So we're going to go into some other articles that will tie back into this. So we're going to move on. Now is the time to get ahead of inflation resurgence. Uh, what do you think, V? Narrative or data? Narrative. Narrative. So you don't, do you think inflation is going to resurge? It's, it's here. It hasn't went, hasn't went nowhere. well we're in we're in a stagflationary environment so you have um you know you have some things there's deflation in some areas inflation in others um so yeah certainly the inflation hasn't changed let's say that i think we're going to see not a resurgence in inflation but i think we're going to see an increase in inflation actually i don't know i think i think it's there might be a moment of deflation as the market tanks, but I think at some point there is going to be uh, a reintroduction of the printer go burr. We've, it's actually happening already. Um, Fed balance sheet is increasing or has increased. Um, you know, there is kind of underground QE going on, even though we're not supposed to be in the middle of QE. Um, so it, it's kind of already happening. And we've shown you on the charts last week, maybe I'll do it again this week um, with regard to, uh, yeah, you know, with regard to the, uh, to that going on as far as the look at the USD and the dollar and who's investing in it versus other currencies. Um, here's one here. U.S. futures, global markets rise on continued debt ceiling optimism. Uh, what do you say, V? Narrative or data? U.S. futures and global markets rise on continued <laughs> narrative. <laughs> Total narrative. This is clown show. This is kabuki theater with clowns, with Krusty the Clown. Oh, debt ceiling optimism. You know, this is just this is just okay. So the the debt ceiling thing, what this is is this right here is going to be what people pay attention to. This is the shiny object that the normies look at, and they're oh well these Republicans won't vote on the debt ceiling. Republicans are bad, and they're going to shut down the government. Actually, if they shut down the government, I'd say Republicans are good. <laughs> I'm good with shutting it down, uh, at least for a period of time. So you know, I think the last time that the debt ceiling wasn't made, like there's some funny article out there. Or uh, it might have been on Zero Hedge, I don't know. And it said, as the government shuts down in Washington, D.C., a libertarian in Kansas City has a tear going down his cheek, a tear of happiness. <laughs> you know, something like that. So, yeah, this is pure narrative. Um, there, this is going to be used to push markets around. Um, oh, the debt ceiling is going to go good. And all of a sudden, the markets rise. Oh, debt ceiling is not going so good. The talks are breaking down and market goes down. It's just a way to push market around to allow cronies to get profits or... Uh, a way to push the market around for, well, it's always for profits. Let's just face it. Okay. So this one here, what do you think? V? We're, this is, uh, uh, we don't have the article. The headline's good enough. We're going up. Steve Cohen turns pretty bullish as 300 million all AI driven layoffs send profit margins soaring. We're going up. Steve Cohen turns pretty bullish as 300 million AI driven layoffs send profits. Yeah, it's all fucking narrative. That's narrative 100%. Yeah. This is just like, look, unless you're looking at actual data, like real deeper data than that, just to say, oh, number go up because layoffs, because AI, that's going to be just data. That's just a story. This is, uh, and most news stories with regard to, oh, the market went up today. It's going to look like this. And it's, in my opinion, BS. All right. You know, do your own research, right? Not, not investment advice. Banks bounce again as massive short squeeze lifts stocks. What do you think of that, V? Narrative or data? 
Banks bounce again as massive short squeeze lifts stocks, bonds, data. That's data. Yeah, it's total data. So here's the thing about markets. Um, let's go to the charts. When it comes to uh, let's uh, this is good enough. Okay, so there's what's going to be a short squeeze, right? Okay, so to describe a short squeeze, what happens in the market is you have uh, in the derivatives market, people go short. And for example, people usually go short when they, they always go short when they think the price is going to fall. And it usually falls at areas of key structure. So where price went and got rejected is probably where it's going to get rejected again. So an example of this is where price got rejected right here. It also got rejected right there. And people thought it was going to get rejected right here, but it did not. Now, when that happened on a granular level, going to a lower time frame. What we're going to look at is what happened yesterday with the USDJPY. Um, and I, I don't tend to play squeezes. It's not my game. It's a little too dangerous. I, I wait for the squeeze and then play afterwards. Um, so everybody thought that as the price met this line where it rejected way before, I'm not going to zoom out for that. Um, we've already seen it. Price met this area. Everybody thought it was going to go short. So a lot of people went ahead and they went short. Uh, let, me, let me zoom this out. Sorry, let me uh, let me zoom this in so people can see it. All right, all right. So I'm just gonna gonna do this again really quick with a zoom screen so that people actually have visibility. All right. So <clears throat> past area price uh, uh, rejected was right here. Now everybody thought it was gonna happen again right here, which is like yesterday or the day before. Okay. So now that we've seen it with a better screen, we're gonna go back down to where we were, and that is gonna be the uh, five minute chart. So we're looking very, very granular. Each one of these bars that we're going to look at is five minutes worth of price action. So you're really looking at like just intraday trades, trades that happen just within hours. And so right yesterday at uh, 2.15 a.m. on Thursday morning, my time, so 4.15 EST, the JPY hit that area and started to head down. A lot of people went ahead and they went short. So they entered probably here entered their trade and they bet on the price going down. Now, if you're in a trade and the price goes against you, you're going to want to get out of the trade, especially when you're in the Forex market, because this is derivatives and you can lose a lot of money. Um, so a lot of people probably were like, okay, if price goes down to say here, or maybe way deeper, if they're trading on a higher time frame, they could have gone down to, I mean, they could have planned to take profit, uh, let's just say way the hell uh, down here. Whatever it is, right? They're going to risk, uh, you know, 100 to make 700, something like that. Well, at the same time, that's a wonderful bet when it comes to risk to reward. A lot of people probably had at least a three to one, four to one heavy bet on this because the probability was high. And when they did, the market makers who have these Bloomberg terminals for which they pay $20,000 a month have access to the data and can see where everybody's either going to stop out or liquidate. And what that means is that the people who entered their trade right here at this line where they ended the trade and they planned on the price going down. What they have is at the bottom where they want to get out of the trade, there's a buy order. So they're, they're selling here. And as price goes all the way down here, they're going to buy out of that trade. So effectively, they're going to buy at the bottom. It's called covering a short. <clears throat> so in this case, if the price goes the other way, if the price heads up, they're going to get out of the trade before it gets too bad, before they lose too much money. It's called a stop loss. Okay. So as that goes up, what you're going to find is that 
a lot of buy orders happen here because to exit a short, it's always a buy order. So if you've gone short, if you bet in the price going down, then the opposite thing to do to get out of that is going to be a buy order. And there were a lot of buy orders here, probably, right? Because everybody thought price was going to go down, put their stop loss here. And the market makers know that because they pay a lot of money for their data and they know where all the buy orders are. So they force the price. Most likely, I'm not saying this is what they do. I'm not saying this is what they did. I am saying this is what they do. I'm not saying it's what they did. You get the difference, right? Not investment advice. Nothing we say is investment advice. Do your own research before you risk your money on markets because it is risky and you can lose your capital. Um, everything we say is for entertainment purposes, all right? So as price heads up, it hits all those buy orders and you get this massive, massive candle going up. Boom, like that. And then price heads up. That's called the squeeze. That's what that article is about. That article described a squeeze where everybody thought it was going to go down. It gets pushed up. Everybody gets kicked out. And as they get kicked out, they who get kicked out, push the price upwards. And those who knew it was going to happen and arguably made it happen were long the whole time. They were planning on it going long. And what they needed was they needed the volume from everybody else going short to fill those longs because they were very big longs. And if you're that big of a player, you need people to go short in order to fill your order. You need sellers so that you can buy. If there's nobody to sell, what are you buying, right? You're just going to push the price up. So they, they let people think the market was going to go down. They collected all of that liquidity and bam, they broke it upwards. So the article that led us into this conversation is uh, <clears throat> banks bounce again as massive short squeeze lifts stocks. And V of course got it right as he always does where this was a data issue. Okay. So um, in this case, there was everybody was short on the banks, right? So retail, they're reading all these articles about the uh, about the banks. They're saying, oh, the bank's going to fail. And retail being like just you and me, regular people, not big investors, where we don't have you know twenty, thirty, fifty million dollar accounts. We're just pikers basically. And so a piker is what I just described, just somebody trading their own money <clears throat> or or a small prop fund, right? And so everybody thought that it was going to go down, except one individual yesterday, the day before, um, uh, who was the guy, big short, the funny eye, Michael Burry, Burry. Yeah. Burry went long. Right. And he went long before the squeeze. Yep. So, you know, Burry is right once again. And what happened was, is all, everybody was short and the smart people took that money and ran just like I described to you. So you want to see that again, just go watch the show again. So we're not going to go through it. Um, all right. So I was telling V like, okay, so public announcement, everybody, I am a kind person. I'm not always nice. Forgive me if I sound like a dick. All right. Moving forward. Uh, futures rise amid renewed hope for debt ceiling breakthrough. Okay. We already know what this is, right? V? Terrible. Yeah. Phew. It's the, the hope for debt ceiling breakthrough. Okay. We know what this is. This is pure narrative, right? I mean, that's just anything to do with debt ceiling. I'm going to label it as narrative. It's just for people to watch. If, you, if you're getting scared, if you're, if you're starting to invest in the cat food, don't worry about the debt ceiling. It's, that's my opinion. Do your own research, right? Um, so moving on, um, we got some really good stuff from Vela's the last few weeks. And as always, um, you know, Vela's just comes with some really good info. He's been in the financial boards lately um, for the last like, couple of weeks. So I got uh, to throw these out here. <clears throat> so there was an article... Um, Let's see here. Uh, oh, I'm in the wrong data area. 
Um, there's a couple that we're going to look at. One of them is Tom Luongo. We're not going to really look too far into it. Uh, there's a great video by Valuetainment. So you go on YouTube, type in the Valuetainment channel. It goes into commercial real estate. Now, I've been saying on these uh, on these shows that, my, in my opinion, based on the data, based on how much of the bank's balance sheet is, um, is commercial real estate, <clears throat> I'm saying that that's the fuse. I think the commercial real estate is the fuse. The igni- the actual ignition cap is the bond market. And then the powder keg is everything else. And I think that that's, if we have a large problem, it's going to start, I think, with commercial real estate. Uh, it's been a problem since before COVID. Um, and according to the Valuetainment channel, there's a great eight-minute video on it. Go watch it, Valuetainment. What basically he was saying is that commercial real estate already getting slammed 2019, probably due to the Amazon model. You got like a lot of shopping malls closed down. I've seen shopping malls closed down for a decade. It's just people are just buying stuff online now. It's just more convenient. Um, but after COVID, of course, you had the work from home, like movement, if you will. Um, and that uh, has pushed a lot of people out of commercial real estate. A lot of office buildings are um, having an issue. And so here's two, two issues with it. Office building occupation is down in a huge way. Um, you know, rents are just down. People are not. Why would you spend money on office rent when you don't need it? People can just work from home as long as you can find a way to make them uh, profitable, right? So according to Valuetainment, he got he has great info and very concise. Says, according to Goldman Sachs, lenders are a lot tighter right now. They're not lending <clears throat> for commercial real estate. And if you're going to buy commercial real estate, chances are you're not paying cash. Not unless you are doing it when blood is in the streets and blood is not quite in the streets. It's, it's, there's a little bit of blood in the gutter. You got a couple of blood spatters, you know, by the manhole, but the streets are not flowing yet. Right. So if you can't get a loan to buy commercial real estate and commercial real estate is going down, that's really bad because what that will bad, uh, bad, good. I don't know. It's really bearish. Okay. So what do I mean by that? Um, okay. So if commercial real estate is dropping in price, that should mean that it's a deal because it's getting cheaper. So you're going to probably have a lot of people ready to pick up some good deals on commercial. The problem is banks won't lend. What do banks do? Banks assess risk. Now in the world of easy money, in the world of low interest rates, yeah, sure. You know, we can take a risk. Money is just literally grows on trees. Like, so, you know, at that point, it's different now because of the higher interest rates, because of this risk being not a good risk, banks won't lend. So prices are falling hard and nobody's there to catch it unless they're cash. And cash buyers are smart. It's the reason they have cash, <laughs> right? If you got like billions of dollars in cash, some kind of fund or something, you've done something right. If you can deploy like that. So what they're saying here is that lenders with less than $250 billion in assets account for roughly 50% of U.S. commercial and industrial lending, 60% of residential real estate's lending, and 80% of commercial real estate lending, and 45% of consumer lending. To go forward, our economists assumed that small banks with a low share of FDIC-covered deposits reduced new lending by 40%. Okay? So you're talking, and that's so far, right? So Morgan Stanley comes out and says commercial property prices could fall as much as 
and that about 1.5 trillion of US commercial real estate debt comes due for repayment by the end of 2025. So, if the chickens come home to roost at the end of 2025, if that's when the big defaults happen, that is a decent indicator as to when the brown material will hit the rotating object for everything. If in fact commercial real estate is the fuse, as I have been saying for I don't know how long now, the end of 2025 is when 1.5 trillion of US commercial real estate debt comes due for any repayment. So there are two ways this can end. Um, let me put it this way. Either the brown material hits the fan or the money printer comes back on. It's going to be one of the two. V, which one do you think? Money printer is going to turn on, brother. You don't think? Yeah. They, yeah. The Let's, I, I've had a back. At the same time. Go ahead. It's going to be oh. uh, the answer is C, all of the above. All of the above. Yeah, that sounds about right. I talked to Velis in the background, and he knows some people in that space. And it just, I mean, people are just losing their, their shit. Um, so, here is uh, John Kirshner, who I think he came, it's either Morgan Stanley or Stacks. And this is all from that video. So make sure you go look at Valuetainment. It's, it's really good. Even Ronan says that Ronan Returns is like Valuetainment is good. Subscribe there for years. Patrick brings in his interviews and videos. Um, oh yeah, sorry, Annie. Brown stuff, losing their brown stuff. Try not to cuss. I got a new kid on the way. I got one. You know, we, we, I got, you know, th these, I mean, dude, my kid imitates everything I do. Like yep. he, they are sponges dude. and microphones, bro. That's what they are. As, yeah, like a dude, he, he's actually pretty talented. Um, we go outside and there's like different birds making different noises and he imitates all the different birds in his own little way. It's pretty cute. <laughs> but if I say shit, he's probably gonna say shit. I mean, you know, the SH word, right? So um, Kirshner says, what we're doing is being patient, staying away from all but obvious trades and then waiting for the distress to come to us because it will happen. So I think that sounds about right, V. You're gonna have money printer and you're gonna have brown stuff hit the fan. And guys like that who have cash, who are smart, who know what they're doing, who know how to evaluate risk are going to buy the bottom of commercial real estate. And who knows, perhaps one of my theories is that they're going to turn the, um, they're going to turn these buildings probably into some livable space, try to turn it into chic rentals, you know what I mean? Something like that. Um, and I'm wondering if there's enough commercial real estate space to actually change the rental market. And maybe we can talk to our buddy Andrew um, out in New York. He's not in New York anymore, but our buddy Andrew about that. He's, he's pretty good on, on commercial real estate. I'd be interested to know, interested to know the, um, I want to know the ratio of distressed commercial to occupied multifamily dwelling. And if that ratio is like 20 to one, then it might be, that occupied dwelling prices drop by uh, by 20% based on that. Now it might also drop based on other things, but that's going to flood that market. So that's just a, that's just another that's just the way the cowboy thinks. Um, here's another one here. Um, let's see here. Yeah, and to end this bit from that same video, the last bit on that is banks are not lending, quote unquote, because money is all going away from equities and investments into money market funds. So they don't have the capital to lend. That's why they're not lending. And this is especially true for banks that have a low percentage of FDI insured accounts. So to define that, like SVB, um, they have every account is FDI insured, FDIC insured, but only up to two hundred fifty thousand dollars. So when uh, uh, Gavin Newsom has nineteen million dollars in there for his wineries, 
Like that's not FDIC insured. That was bailed out, right? So if you're FDIC insured, that means you only get 250,000. Those banks are paying a premium, which means the customers are paying it um, to insure their accounts up to $250,000. So banks that have a high percentage of accounts that go beyond that, that are not insured because they're too big, they're going to have a hard time lending, which is why SVB partially went down because they couldn't get business because they were too heavyweight on uninsured accounts. They did get bought out. And that's probably because of, again, who had accounts there. So moving on, um, this is a quick one. And I, I think if you guys go into the uh, Rogue Discord, go into the Algo Cowboy channel, look from a couple days ago, Vela's posted an article. Yet yeah, Vela's number two. This last one was Vela's and this one is Vela's. Um, Tong Luongo said something interesting on this program around the well, one hour mark. And well, V, I'm, I'm going to... Uh, this coming week, uh, Tom's going to be on. So. Well, okay. Yeah. So I'll, I'll mention the, what he said already. Yeah. Or should I not? Should I? Should no, I no, I'm it? not good, dude. Absolutely. Okay, I don't, don't want to mess up, you know, the whole thing. Don't worry, my friend. Go for it. Okay. So basically what he's saying, and uh, Vela says he's, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of quoting Vela's version of this. The reason why Jamie Diamond is under attack to the degree he is, is because Diamond has been spending a lot of time in China. Diamond and others are there because they're working out the quote unquote divorce between East and West financial systems. Um, what does that sound to you? Does that sound realistic? Uh, that Jamie's in China working out the div- uh, no, Jamie's in China. What what Jamie's doing? And you know, I know the second in charge over there. Okay, in that organization. I've had several meetings. Um, this is why we have the gorilla. Yeah, I, I, I look. I'm not gonna say too much, but I'll say this: it's it's <clears throat> JPM Goldman. Uh, these guys are part of the Wall Street crowd that are nationalists, okay? You might not agree with everything they do, but they are nationalists. They don't want to see America swirl the toilet bowl and go under. It's not – they have no interest in doing that. Um, they are trying to negotiate – and I've actually said this um, several weeks ago on one of my on one of the shows where I was flying solo, where I said that, you know, one of the reasons that uh, – uh, Jamie is there uh, when he was in China. Uh, if you go back to that show and you listen, I uh, stated that they want to have something in place while this war is unfolding between Davos and Wall Street. They want to have something in place so it's not a total loss, right? They're trying to make it in a way where the letting the Chinese know, hey, look, this is the deal. You know, all this crazy crap that's happening in the U.S. with the government, that's not us. That's not all the United States. And, you know, China understands that. And so do the Russians. Uh, that's why we're not all glowing in the dark uh, today, you know, or we've been glowing in the dark a long time ago. But um, they're doing it because in the multipolar world, they know what's coming. The United States is going no longer going to be a global superpower. It's just going to be a regional power. And that's great. Because China is a regional power, Russia is a regional power, India is a regional power, right? There's these are regional powers. So in this world of regional powers, the United States will be a regional power in the Americas, in the Western Hemisphere. We're going to be the biggest power in the Western Hemisphere. So what Jamie is really doing there is figuring out, and a lot of lot, not just Jamie himself, but a lot of guys from Wall Street are also, and and a few handful of people that are in government itself. They're trying to figure out what the hell to do with this 
debt that we're in, how to unwind it, so to speak, right? Number one. And number two, letting them know, hey, look, when, when, when the chips are on the table, when this whole thing is said and done, the hope is here that the United States will have a seat at the table in the multipolar world. That we don't, you know, piss away our future. That we don't burn every single bridge out there and nuke everything, which is what this Davos crowd wants to do. But we will have a seat at the table. So let's keep open lines of communications. And that's that's the real nitty-gritty of it. And I, I spoke about this um, weeks ago. I think over a month ago. So I'll find the exact uh, show that I, that I talked about it on. It was like at least a month ago I talked about this. And, um, yeah, th- that's basically uh, um, what it is. I'm saying, oh, I'll go find it. Go ahead, you talk. I'll find that damn show right now. Oh, sure. We got about two minutes left. I mean, I could use my closing comment um, that yeah. what it sounds to me is that, like, it's a, he's in there working on the divorce as an amicable divorce. Yeah. You know, something where there might be a co-parenting situation and you still manage the kids properly, but you just don't do it as closely. Correct. That's that. So that's that seems, and that's what I assume. Why would he, I mean, look, if you want a divorce to be ugly, don't go to China. <laughs> you know, why would he be there? Correct. It's out, you know, he's probably hooking up like, hey, we're going to have this kind of relationship. It's going to be a working relationship. You know, we want to continue to do business. Right now, we have some political issues that need to be kind of ironed out that uh, are really not between you and us. So let's figure it out. You know, that's probably what's going on, I assume. Yeah, in in um in in that regard, yes. I'm just trying to find that bloody article, man. Yeah, basically, I just took what you said and like turned it into you know basic yes. talk. Yes, correct. What's it, where's the article? What's it? Uh, what's it's not an article. Year? It's a damn show. I did a whole damn show on it. Uh, is this is this a country that masquerades as a? No. You gotta hum the A Team theme to find stuff. <laughs> How's that? I'm gonna do the violin part in the background. Losing uh, it, that's 80s, bro. You have to be born in the late 70s. Heck Sorry. yeah, player. 80s is where it's at, man. 80s, yep. dude. I, I, I used to love watching A Team, Knight Rider, and Airwolf. Those Airwolf, dude. dude. Oh my god, I love the Airwolf theme song, still gets me pumped. Sometimes when oh, I'm yeah. driving my car, I'll put that on. I'm just like, as I'm pulling out of the driveway, it gets me in the mood. Yeah, it gives me the it puts me in the, the need for speed, bro. Need. It's good like that, uh, but the Night Rider theme with that funk beat. Oh God, even better. There's even nothing better. better than Night Rider theme. That that is the legit funk beat theme. Yeah, I think I found it, bro. Wait, let me see. I think I might have found it. Oh, son of a bitch! I hope this is right. God, I did the whole thing about diamond in China. Yeah, well, 
Uh, I'll tell anyway. you what, it's yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. You know what we could do is uh, if you find it, send yeah. it to me and I will post it in the Discord. Yeah, definitely. I'll do that. Folks, thank you all for listening in. With that being said, we are over out. Check out algofactory.tech. Algofactory.tech. Trade your job. Upgrade your life. <coughs> yeah. <coughs> yeah. <coughs> Trade your job. We are out. <coughs>